Hello, and welcome to the Conscious Hoofy podcast. This is a podcast that explores the interconnectedness of our health and the health of our horses through self-care, mindfulness, and personal development, along with a little equine wisdom and wellness. I am your host, Dr. Pamela Maynard. I am a published author and researcher, equine body worker, energy facilitator, and I am passionate about deepening our connection with horses. If you want a more meaningful relationship with your horse, it starts within yourself. So don't forget to go to ConsciousHoofBeat.com and sign up for our exclusive email list to get the Conscious Hoofbeat Monthly and start your journey today. Today, I want to welcome lifestyle horsewoman, Sadie Lombardi from Estancia, New Mexico. Sadie is a licensed professional clinical counselor who specializes in trauma. And in addition to her private practice, she is also the founder of Pivot Point Human Equine Interaction Services and creator of the Compassion Focused Horsemanship Program. And today, Sadie is joining us for the third episode in my Riding After 40 series. So thank you so much for joining us, Sadie. Thank you for having me. This is going to be fun. Oh, cool. I'm glad you're, you're up for having a little fun. Um, sometimes Cinnamon Benjamin Brickstein, the cat, joins us and <laughs> makes it even more interesting. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm so, I always say this about all my guests. I'm like, I'm so super excited to have you here today because I love all my guests and I'm sure people get tired of hearing me say that, but I am. I love, I love connecting with like-minded, hearted, and spirited horsewomen who love horses as much as I do. And so today I want to just start off and say, just can you like tell me a little bit about your background and your life with horses? Yeah, uh, I grew up in suburbia with parents who really didn't know anything about horses. Um, so my first experiences with horses were at summer day camps. Um, I probably rode for the first time when I was about eight years old. And I think I finally got, you know, weekly year long lessons when I was about 11. And then, you know, in high school, I found a barn where, uh, it was pretty casual. It was mostly for trail riding and I got to hang out a lot on the weekends, just be there and lead trail rides and do chores and play with horses and a lot of unstructured time with horses. And then I went off to college, rode spawn, you know, sporadically. I knew a couple of people with horses. I found my way into um, the lives of people with horses and onto their horses' backs. Um, Not a coincidence, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I always found a way. I rode a lot of different horses when I was young. And then um, I moved out west and I got my first horse of my own. And since then I have been a horse owner. Um, so, and I've done a lot of different things with horses and between working with them, um, you know, just doing recreational things with them, just 
everything, anything you could do with a horse, I was interested in learning something about it. Yeah. And every, every lifestyle horsewoman I talk, talk to, they always have these stories. Like I just, I did whatever it took to be around horses. And then, and then the beautiful thing is the universe always has it show up for you, these connections and a, and a way for horses to be in your life. Can you describe this passion you've had for horses your whole life? It's hard to describe. Um, I, it is an obsession and it is truly part of my identity. Um, it's part of how I see myself and it's part of how other people see me. So it's, it's completely integral to who I am. Mm, yeah. I always say it's like, it's, you know, it's just innate. It's just something I was born with like you just I didn't choose the horses they they chose me and and you, you know when I on my 30th birthday I think I've told this before my dad calls to wish me a happy birthday and he's like so I guess you're not outgrowing those horses huh <laughs> <laughs> I'm like oh, I don't think if I'm outgrown them by now it's not gonna happen um so yeah, true. We're talking about like if we were to try to define your relationship with horses, when you think of this, what comes to your mind or stands out to you? You know, a lot of people talk about freedom when they talk about horses, but for me, mm -hmm. it's really, it's almost the opposite, actually. I, I feel like it's a very important responsibility. Um, I feel like I'm their human, almost like I belong to them more so than they belong to me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I suppose I have felt the, the freedom feeling, you know, but it's really about being their caretaker, you know, recognizing and appreciating what they do for me in my life and doing my best to repay them for that. So it may be a little bit different way of looking at things, but that's, that's kind of been my experience. I love that. I love that you're like, I'm their person. I know I had, when I first got my half Arab, half self-rensay gelding, Baloo, and I, he was 12 and he'd never had a person before. And I brought, finally got him home and and about on the fifth day, he stood at the gate and was just looking at me so oddly, like, you're here again? Like, why would you come visit me five days in a row? Like, it was, it was really interesting. Like, he just, he couldn't figure that out right away. And I mean, then pretty soon it was just normal for him. But I, I'll never forget that look he gave me. You know, like, he just was so baffled at I have a person in my life, a regular person, and, and they recognize that. Um, so yeah, I, I loved that he was like, finally, I have a person. Yeah. Do you remember when you first fell in love with horses? Like, do you have a, a first specific memory around it? I, I definitely do. Um, you know, and, and, so it is a little bit of the bit by the bug story, although my great aunt likes to say that the gene just sort of skipped a generation on the other side of the family. But um, I was a, 
I think I was about five years old. It was around kindergarten age, I think. Um, but I do remember just playing by myself and I was playing imaginary games and I was pretending to be different animals and I pretended to be a horse. And it just felt so um, like there was sort of a click feeling. And I just remember imagining what that horse felt like and why it was acting the way it did and that it had humans who didn't understand it and, and then it had a human that did understand it. And I just remember that, just playing that scenario out in my mind as though I were the horse. Um, so it's a very distinct first memory that I have um, and, and has always stuck with me. That's awesome. But what I heard, what I kind of heard you say is it was, it's not just a memory. It was a feeling you had thinking about yeah. him. Wow. Yeah, very much so. That's really deep. Yeah. Like most people are like, Oh, I got my first pony or I got to go for this little ride. And wow, that's really cool. And what awareness you had around horses at such a young age when you didn't even own your own horse yet. Yeah, they were, they, they definitely captivated me. They definitely became a very deep part of my imagination from an early age. That's cool. Uh, what do horses mean to you, Sadie, if you had to say like one thing around it? I know you're talking about responsibility earlier, yeah. but I, like on a deeper level, what do they mean to you? I would have to say gratitude. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm just very thankful for them. I mean, I think that's where that feeling of indebtedness comes from is that horses were always there for me um, and showed me that I could just be myself. And I'm, you know, just deeply grateful for that. I love that. I think sometimes we take them for granted a little bit and don't really stop and think about that. So, yeah, yeah thanks for bringing awareness to that. Um, so you talked a little bit about, <clears throat> like, you didn't grow up with horses. Um, but, you know, what, what was that like for you, and, and how did it feel or shift or change when you finally did have your own horse? Um. You know, I, I recognized the value in, in both ways of being a horse person. I was really glad that I got to experience so many different horses when I was young because I learned so much from each one of them. Um, I, I, when I got to have my own horse, though, I got to be attached to it. You know, I got to claim it as my horse. I got to develop a relationship with him. Um, you know, I got to have the say of what happened in his life and how he was taken care of and all those things that I hadn't really had to take on fully for myself before. Um, and to have that relationship, to have selected him, you know, that I felt like we were a good fit. I felt like you know, this was a horse I had worked with on a ranch and I, I just, I really wanted to take him with me when I left, you know, he was just 
that cool of a horse and we were that good of a fit. Um, so it was really meaningful and it allowed me to have a much deeper relationship with a horse. Um, and even after that point, working with horses, I was able to have those relationships with horses like I had had before. Um, but I also really wanted to be attached again, to have a horse that was mine and I could have that relationship with. And um, so I was really, really glad when I made the decision to keep some of the young horses from what we were breeding so I could raise them for myself and, and be attached to them and, you know, just know that they were my forever horses and um, that I wouldn't have to let them go. Yeah, I love the deeper relationship part. And I, I, I know you and I have talked about, you know, it's different. It's, and, you know, like even, um, you know, like I have people who are like, oh, if you want to ride, you can come ride my horse. And I'm like, I don't want to ride your horse. <laughs> I, I want to ride my horse. Like that's where I put my time and energy and emotional investment in and I, I don't want to ride somebody else's horse I don't have that connection and that was one of my biggest challenges when I was younger and wanted to be a, a professional horse trainer and was riding for people as I would get attached to these horses and then they'd yank them out of training and send them to yeah. another trainer and <clears throat> that was really hard for me and I finally went out because I didn't technically have my own horse for a while and finally went out and I was like, I got to get me a horse so I could just be attached to my horse and not yeah. everybody else's. And <laughs> exactly. it's, and it's so different. Like even like, you know, lots of great things are being done in the equine assisted world, but it's so different when you're, you know, it's not your horse. You're not a horse person. You go stand in a round pen and interact yeah. with a horse. It's so much different when it's your own horse and you ride and you care for them. It takes it to a whole different level. Definitely. I've gotten much pickier about what other horses I get on now. You know, it's, it's just not the same. Exactly. Um, so now that you've had your own horses all of these years, what does the thought of not having horses in your life feel like? Um, I, sincerely hope that that's not even a possibility. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't want to sound drastic, but it almost sounds pointless. Um, you know, they're so central to my life. Um, and I, I'm not sure what life would be about if it wasn't for them. Uh, it, yeah, they're that much a part of like I said, who I am, what I do with my life. Um, yeah, I, I don't even want to think about that possibility. Um, yeah, yeah, none of us do. Really, yeah, really severe for me to end up in that position, I think. So you say, you know, pointless, but really it's like you would have, you wouldn't have the purpose in your life like you do now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I've, I've, I've actually had people suggest it to me and I'm like, I, the thought, the mere thought of it is just sheer devastation to me. Like, yeah. Yeah. I told my husband before we, when we started seeing each other, I, I told him, I said, do not ever suggest that I sell or get rid of my horses. I said, if I decide to do that, 
that's my decision, but you better not ever suggest that I do that. <laughs> then we have a major issue. Right. I know, like, I've always told um, men I've dated that the horses were here before you, and they're probably going to be here after you. So it's a, yeah. it's a package deal. It's as simple as that. Exactly. Well, so speaking of your, your husband, um, is he supportive of your, your passion for horses? Fortunately, yes. He's incredibly supportive. So I feel very, very fortunate in that regard. He's amazing. He helps with them. He cares about them. He's interested in them. And, um, you know, he helps me with what I'm trying to do with horses and my career and everything. So um, that's been amazing. It's It was definitely more than I expected. I had no expectations of a partner having anything to do with horses. In fact, I thought that would be easier. Mm -hmm. um, but because I've had relationships where they were a horse person and, and not supportive. And that was a horrible experience. Uh, so I, I really was concerned about how that would go. But uh, luckily, um, you know, I'm, I'm blessed with a partner who's very supportive of it. It makes a very big difference in my life. And, and your relationship, right? Like yeah. that's why you married this one. <laughs> yeah. We have an understanding and it works and it's good. Yeah. That's awesome. So Sadie, I'm curious, is there anything that you can share with us that you've learned about yourself from having horses in your life? Oh, I don't know. I'm half crazy maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've learned a lot of things about myself, you know, I've learned so many things about myself, although I'm not sure how much I was aware of all the things I learned about myself in the process, but, um, you know, I, I, I learned that, um, you know, I'm very sensitive, I'm very observant. I learned that I'm very dedicated and devoted, you know, that even when things are a little difficult or problematic, you know, I don't give up, I persist. Um, I've learned that, you know, I have a very big capacity for um, loving and, you know, I will go to great lengths for those I love and care about. And, um, you know, that it, it just so many things like that, you know. And you learned that you were crazy. So just to clarify, you didn't know you were crazy before you got horses? <laughs> you know, people called me horse crazy and I was like, what are you talking about? What is, what is, what is the other way of being? I don't, don't understand that. <laughs> right. And then people say it like it's a bad thing. I'm like, well, yeah. Yeah, I'm horse crazy. Hello. Yep. Um, so... This is obviously about riding after 40. So we have to talk about, you know, have you had to, you know, adapt and make some changes now that we're, you know, getting older and, you know, can you talk a little bit what you've had to do and how's it, how it's changed over the years? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I think where I have faced the biggest challenge and I'm, I think I'm right in the middle of that challenge and, figuring out what I'm going to be learning from it. Um, 
it's been a major adjustment. Um, you talked about what would it be like if I didn't have horses. Um, you know, I haven't not had horses. I can't imagine not having horses, but there was a period of my life where I had 30 horses, but I was not riding. And that felt strange. And it feels mm -hmm. strange now that I, I am getting back in the saddle that it doesn't feel as familiar as it did, that mm -hmm. I feel rusty. Um, it's strange for my body to feel different in the saddle and to feel like my capacity may be not what it once was and what my limitations are now and having to think about that where I didn't have to think about those things um, before. So it's a mental adjustment and a physical adjustment and uh, it's not easy with um, the desk jobs that I've had for a while to maintain the physical fitness that I used to have and want to have as a rider. And so that's become more of a conscious effort at this point in my life where I feel like I need to spend time, you know, working on my fitness so I can feel more comfortable in the saddle and feel as capable. And at the same time, maybe think differently about what I'm going to do in the saddle with my horses and things like that. So I'm probably a little more cautious, you know, um, I, I take more time preparing and preparing myself, preparing the horse. Um, so I just, I feel like I have to put a lot more thought and effort into it, you know? So yeah, it's not, it's not like, it is frustrating because it's not like riding a bike. And quite honestly, yeah. I haven't been on a bike in a while and I probably wouldn't be all that balanced and steady right away either because it, yeah. it requires some, some physical capability. Yeah, exactly. I did get back on a bike um, over the last couple of years and it, <laughs> that felt strange too. You know, when your body changes, everything's different. Your coordination, your balance, your proprioception, like everything has shifted in some way and you don't feel quite like yourself and right. you have to learn a new version of yourself somehow. I am... Um... Yeah, I really am like, I really got to nip this in the butt now so that I can still be riding in my 70s. Yeah, I plan on being like the queen, you know, that was, I think, one of my favorite horse quotes, you know, when you when you asked about, you know, what do horses mean to me? Um, my favorite horse quote is, if you have it, it is for life. It is a disease for which there is no cure you will go on riding even after they have to haul you onto a comfortable wise old cob with feet like inverted buckets and a back like a fireside chair. And that is the only quote I've ever memorized and been able to recall over the years without having to look it up. I don't know why it stuck, but it was just that, yeah, this is, this is my life. This is lifelong. As long as I'm able to, I'm going to be climbing up on one and just, piddling around you know and yeah and I I've I think I've mentioned it <clears throat> excuse me in in one of my previous podcasts I have a have a customer and she's in her 70s and she drives now she got herself a little 450 pound pony and she drives and she still has her quarter horse and she's retired and she still cares for her but 
now she's gone to driving ponies and and she just recently bought a new horse property (laughs) all of her friends are like what are you doing? You're in your 70s. Don't you want to retire? It's just like, I'm not dead yet. <laughs> no, I think it keeps us going, you know? It, you know, you, 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 if you don't use it, you lose it. So if you keep going, and horses are a great reason to get out there and keep moving and doing. So they keep us young. Yeah, and I have a friend who, whose uncle, I always said, I'll ride till I die. And he actually ended up having a heart attack one day while he was out riding. And oh my gosh. I like, that I would love to go like that. That right? would be ideal. <laughs> every know? every horse lover's dream is to die on the back of their horse just <laughs> just in in a peaceful way, not, you know, in a in a different yeah. kind of way. <laughs> right. <laughs> Doing what you love. Exactly. So I think it's fair to say that your goals have changed now that you're getting older, right? Um, yeah. what, what are your goals now for your horses that you didn't have maybe even five, 10 years ago? You know, I think the biggest change is around competition. Uh, I, I didn't get to do much competing. And so it was always that sort of out of my reach thing um, that I was sometimes aiming for, but never getting there. Um, and I think my desire to compete has really diminished. I, I'm not sure that I care about competing anymore. Um, I really care about my own development as a rider and what I'm able to do with my horses and how to, how to develop them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's less for those extrinsic rewards of, you know, accolades or ribbons or anything like that, or, or, attention or anything it's much more for my own personal satisfaction and for the relationship I have with my horses so um, and I'm not sure that the pressure of competition and the expense and the repetitiveness and the you know everything around it is really I'm not sure how much I would enjoy that anymore Um, I'm I'm a little more concerned about quality time you know Mm -hmm. yeah and I hear that a lot from women after 40. And I feel like it's about our emotional growth and maturity too, that we, that comes with age. Yeah, I agree with that. Cause I'm less concerned about what other people think. I'm not as much looking for other people's approval as I used to. Yeah. I, I have a really good friend and she's like, I'm going to wear my treat pouch and ride my bareback pad now. And I don't care. And there was a time where we did. I remember I used to have this really great uh, synthetic Wintech Western saddle that fit my horse so good and it was comfortable. And I didn't want people making fun of me at the the horse shows, like even using it as like, you know, a schooling saddle. And so I got rid of it and bought, so it was supposed to be the same one, same brand and everything, just the leather version, never rode as well, never fit the horse as well. And I always kicked myself in the butt over that. And, and yeah. that, that's where, you know, I wasn't mature enough back then. I was too worried about what other people thought and being in that place of ego, which is what horse showing really is about. It's from that place well, of and- ego. Yeah, I think we all have experiences of that, of dealing with other horse people's opinions, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which can be kind of 
it, it can be difficult to navigate and people can be pretty critical, sometimes even brutal. And it's not always easy to stay your own course in the face of that. So it does take some maturity. I agree. So my next question is my phenomenological question for you. And I, I want to know if you can give an example of a time in your life when some aspect of your everyday life was affected by horses. So do I have to select one example because I can well, like I, rattle? I got, I got all day if you want to, <laughs> I mean, you know, like I know this could, you know, have something to do with family, schooling, personal relationships, social life, work, business, travel. I mean, it, it's, they all of the above, right? <laughs> but I just, some, you know, just curious if something specific stands out to you, like where something really affected your everyday day life because of horses. And you can give more than one example if you feel the need. I would say, you know, the, the, uh, maybe a, a categorical example is that um, I made a lot of decisions about my life. Um, the course of my life at times was very much influenced by horses. So, uh, you know, making decisions about what kind of job to have and or career, you know, um, mm -hmm. where to live. Uh, those very life-shaping decisions were influenced by horses. I was often kind of caught between uh, a world of like academics or professional career versus a horse career. And, um, you know, I, I kind of have gone back and forth between the two my whole life. And so, you know, making those decisions about what job to pursue next, um, you know, was very much shaped by horses in one way or another, you know, whether I was going to take a job with horses or leave a, a job with horses and work for some, in a, some other field. And then how would I have horses in my life? You know, so there was always, um, you know, I, I, I like how you talk about it as lifestyle because it, it affected every area, you know, and my finances were tremendously affected. Um, you know, when I, as when I started owning horses, it became a very significant cost and something I had to consider whenever I was looking at a job or a life choice or where to live or um, anything else. So, yeah, it it's impacted pretty much every area of my life. I've lived somewhat simple and poor, one might say, um, in order to afford the horses. And... Um, no regrets with that, you know, very little discomfort with that because um, they, uh, they were so much more important than anything else. Well, that's a good segue to my next question. But first, I just want to mention that even as, you know, a, a licensed professional counselor, you've still dabbled in some of the equine assisted work and your other business is, is around horses, your pivotal pivot point equine services right i mean yeah. so it's just yeah it's everywhere so talk you talked about you know regret you know regrets so uh, that was my next question is do you have any regrets about being passionate about horses about your life revolving around them 
Um, I have allowed myself to imagine what else I might have done if I didn't have horses. Um, can't say that I really regret, but you do sort of wonder sometimes if I didn't have them, what else would I do or what else could I have done? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I sometimes think it would have been nice to pursue um, different careers or travel or um, living in, in a different place. Like, you know, maybe I could have lived in a city and just had an apartment and um, been able to come and go as I pleased and had that kind of freedom. Uh, you know, so I've contemplated things like that at times. And, and there were short periods of my life where I boarded horses. And so I I was able to um, live more in town and have the conveniences and, um, you know, access to other things and, and um, in, enjoy some of that. But, you know, but I can't say that I, I regret, you know, because I obviously I, I made the right choice for me and, and for the right reasons. Um, so no regrets, no regrets sometimes just, you know, curious musings, but <laughs> <laughs> I love that <laughs> curious musings. I think the only regrets, regrets I've had is things I haven't done, but that's why I'm like, well, I'm not dead yet. Maybe I can still do some of those things. Exactly. But then there's other yeah. times. Yeah. But other times it's like, oh, maybe that ship has sailed because I am too old. Cause I have responsibilities now. Cause I can't just, you know, run off and do mm -hmm. things and go ride with certain trainers or, I remember one was, um, I had an opportunity. I used to, this is definition of horse crazy. When I was an apprentice at Almara Arabians a hundred years ago, we worked six days a week, right? On my seventh day, my one day off, I walked down the road to the hunter jumper barn and took jump lessons. Nice. <laughs> and I had, I had an opportunity where I could have gone to the East coast and worked in a hunter jumper barn and I chose the Arabian route instead. Yeah. And, yeah. and again, regrets, probably not, but I always wondered about, I've always wondered. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a couple of forks in the road like that, you know, usually around almost having an opportunity to work with a certain trainer or something like that and wonder what would be different if I had, you mm -hmm. know, so I've, I've enjoyed hearing your, your feedback around this and I'm just curious, is there anything else you want to share with me and my listeners about your life experience with horses? Um, I can't think of anything else in particular, you know, just, um, just that, you know, I think that it's one of those passions that really shapes us because it's not an easy path. Um, it's, it involves a lot of hard work. It involves quite a bit of heartbreak. Uh, and so it does seem to pick the most passionate people and really test one's dedication. And, uh, you know, so I think that for those of us who who really define ourselves by it you know we really we really can relate on that level you know almost like war buddies you know we've we've been through it <laughs> mm -hmm. and 
you know, so there's, there's a way of, of knowing each other just by knowing, you know, what we share in terms of what we've experienced. And, and that's a pretty special thing, you know. I, I think that's, a, a, I can't top that. I don't even know what to say. It is special. <laughs> I think it's a, gr a great place to end and leave the listeners with that to ponder. So I hope everyone enjoyed this third episode in the Writing After 40 series as much as I did. I thank you again, Sadie, for taking the time to share your, your beautiful words of wisdom with us. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. And um, next time I'm going to have you come back and I want to find out more about your compassion focused horsemanship program. Yes. Oh, that would be great. That so, would be great. Yeah. So we'll just leave the listeners with that little tidbit and until next time, enjoy your horse. <laughs>